Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word program on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. We often hear of writers composing their works whilst riding public transport, but did you ever stop to consider that perhaps your driver might be a writer as well? Well, today's guest is Michael Gray Griffith, a poet, storyteller, playwright, and Melbourne tram driver. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> My father was a, a bus driver, and I, uh, I never wanted to be a bus driver, so, uh, but I ended up being a tram driver. And, uh, and he and I never got on, so this is uh, about a moment that connected us over time. It's called the Seagull's Bridge. It was only by chance I'd caught his bus. Rarely did we see each other, and when we did, rarely did we talk. Yet always I checked every bus for him. He was my age then, and driving the 306 to Perth as I, his son, sat halfway down his empty bus, separated by a gap that wouldn't be bridged by this trip. Alone I watched warm-lit houses pass, as another pen kept filling a book with what I didn't know then were poems. His poetry he kept in his head. I can't remember the poem I was writing when, as we neared the city, he slowed the bus and called me up to the front. I wasn't sure why. But as I neared his chair with my guard up, instead of having a crack, he pointed up at the night. There, above the causeway, seagulls were schooling through the lights, chasing moths and capturing our eyes. Wow, I went. And then he nodded and smiled, and that was that. Time passed. Another journey began, ended, and then began, as other journeys began and ended until... In another city far away, I, the great writer, still unknown, stopped my tram in the middle of the winter and with time to wait until my next run. I went to check Facebook but stopped. There they were, hundreds of them, all schooling through the lights crowning the pillars of Balti Bridge. And as the gulls swam out of the dark, they flew me back to another man, the only other poet who'd understand. Fly gently over the bridge between Where we are and where we wish we could be For in this space, you lonely gulls Is where we store our dreams In that poem you say that you uh, you never wanted to be a tram driver Yeah, yeah, yeah Did you ever think that you'd end up like your old man? No, no, I didn't I uh, was actually a postman And I won a, a grant for uh, a film script but they wanted me to do a four-day workshop. So I told my boss, I need four days off. And he said, well, no, you've got to pick between post and writing. I said, okay, we'll see you. And uh, then I was unemployed and I just applied for the trams in the morning. And three hours later, they got back and said, do you want to, apply? You want to come in for an interview? And then two weeks later, I was driving a tram. Do you uh, find a lot of inspiration on the trams? Uh, for the poetry, yes. And it's exceptionally good for writing because... You spend uh, up to four hours, 15 minutes alone. And every day I take a piece in and I just work it over in my head. I just work every line. Uh, Same with the plays. And uh, I have little notes if I have a chance to write notes when I get to the end. And uh, 
so that's what I do. That's what keeps me alive. And, uh, and it actually ends up producing a lot of work because who else has eight hours just to devote, you know, four days a week to, to your work? You With know. the rhythm of the wheels on the tracks. Yeah, that's right. You know, and the people coming in and, and uh, it reminds me of Mrs. the song Mississippi, Old Man River, because the trams don't stop for anyone. You know, there's an accident, they block for a while and then something, they just keep moving. Yeah, I'm a part of that. Chapel Street has huge inspiration for me because you, you just go up and down the street, you have the homeless and the rich and everyone gets on. The trams can only do 20 k's an hour, so no one's rushing. Most people don't even pay. And it's just this, it just goes, ebbs and slows up this up this street. And everyone gets on, and even if the rich are going, thanks, driver, and the trendies, thanks, and the, and the, and the, you know, the gay boys going to Poof Toof get on, and hey, driver, you know, and then, then there's the, uh, and then the homeless get on and go, thanks, driver, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. And everyone gets on. It's very rare that you have any incidents that I find there. I love it. I could do that permanently. She's like a refugee camp stretched into a Charles Bukowski poem with transgender angels decorating her missing trees. I can see her homeless warming their feet on the used presents we forgot to leave as the ghosts in her gutters ask these shooting stars, could you spare us any poetry? It's Sunday night, a freezing July, and I'm tramming down Chapel Street. All her Saturday beauties are home in their PJs, reminiscing through their phones. They don't get to see her stubborn secrets scintillating her grimy vein as the rain polishes everything I can see. If I was rich, I'd buy a penthouse above you and venture down like a found Major Tom. But if what I fear will happen actually happens, I know you will welcome me home with a shadow as a blanket and a part of your stage where you'll leave me alone to be me. So come on down and join her mannequins, watching all of our beauty drain by, as she methodically hides all our fading dreams behind another of her up-for-lease signs. You can buy me a coffee in a refugee cafe and force a smile as you tell me how that you still can't believe, that you still believe, that one day, on one perfect day, someone somewhere will send the cavalry. I was coming back on the tram one night down a uh, Victoria Street and it was Monday night uh, and I suddenly saw on Victoria Street I saw a woman uh, probably in her late 40s, really worn out and she had a shopping trolley and she had a, a 10 or 11 year old boy with her helping her push the trolley and they were heading to the city and I just thought this is Australia I'm passing all these Ferraris, all these BMWs. We've got this little 10-year-old boy out here on Monday night, like 11 o'clock at night, heading to the city to find someone to sleep. This is Australia. And so, uh, and then later on in night, there was these, uh, at the same time, the, uh, one of the banks had these ads up going, we care about your dreams, which was really pissing me off. When I met Jesus tonight, he was almost 10 years old. And he was helping his mother push a trolley full of all they owned. And because they couldn't find an inn they could get in, they were heading for the city and leaving Bethlehem. Couldn't you perform a miracle? I'm out of them, his eyes said. I've tried turning nothing into warmth, but it just made my mother cry. Mary Magdalene is a man, 
and tonight it's so cold she has been riding my tram. Now it's late and he's trying to sleep beneath a poster for a bank. Your dreams are important to us as it bathes her face in gold. Come give us your natural gifts. We make wealth from toil. Come sing onto history's page how we're advancing Australia fair. Back down the road I found the church we built on the black man's bones was empty and out the front a sign read, All but sold. So come on, go borrow all you can. Then borrow a little more, for the last thing you want to be is swept off our golden shores. Come renovate your kitchens, come watch your reality shows, come mumble onto history's page how we're advancing Australia fair. Come blame the politicians, come pop your NTDs, come wander onto history's page how we're advancing Australia fair. The abandoned flock now hides on Facebook, snorting likes and methadone shares. Then St. Jude fell to his knees and said, Where's St. Christopher? Can't you send St. Christopher? Can't you hear your children calling? They're singing from all over the land. They're glaring at history's page. Let's advance Australia fair. Let's advance Australia fair. So come on. Come rise and join the rising. Come help us alter course. Come join your children singing. Let's advance Australia Fair. Let's advance Australia Fair. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. This is 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, or streamed on www.3cr.org.au. My name is Brendan Bonsack, and I'm talking today with Michael Gray Griffith. In soiled aquariums grimed by time, giant mud crabs, their kingdoms wired, watch their last sun carving, sweeping silhouettes from the fruit bats swimming to who knows where. The dealers deal to the drowning arriving in European cars, quiet faces parked down narrow lanes, craving a methadone cure. Vince deals here. He travels my tram with sinking Jenna, her eyes missing the restaurant's passing in fading Mandarin and Thai. We pass $2 shops selling stuff that won't last long enough to let the coming know we were ever here. But here we are on the 109, the rich, the poor, and all of us lost in history and moments filled with every colour that we've been so far. 
I've seen everyone standing so old people can sit. I've seen everyone helping mothers lift their prams. I've seen everyone, and I mean everyone, smiling at the window glued wide-eyed kids. Sometimes I get stuck by red traffic lights, and when I look in my mirror, one view of your light is richer than all the juice Vincent can sell. And while we haven't found them, I know that they're here. All the answers that the junkies will never find are calling out in eloquent nouns that we cannot speak. I hear adjectives that sound something like an old Muslim lady falling asleep next to a Jewish lawyer giggling into his mobile phone as Vincent gently pulls Jenna's hair back from her always leaving eyes and then he smiles at her despite knowing that all his love will never be enough to keep her here. I've done 10 years now and they're going, oh, people are scared of going out at night in Melbourne. I've seen two fights maybe two or three fights usually drunk aussie lads and it usually finishes in a moment they get split up by their mates so i know these things do happen but they're rare and and i'm going through the city down chapel street and you don't you know it's it's so yeah i i really think there's a thing of the corporate world to make us unhappy make us frightened and and that's the process of it it's for either to make us consumers or I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't see it myself, you know. You know, on the news, they're going, oh, the Sudanese, the Sudanese. I, I go through the African communities. I never see any problem. In fact, I see them on the trams, helping everyone on with their trams, standing up for old people. And that's what I see. I, I look on the tram and I just see people just riding a tram. Just, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's, I see it as a hope that we can all get on, you know, and and we've just been fed this bullshit of everyone's frightened of everyone else. I don't see it. It's a beautiful thing. And it's, a, you, the, the older I get, the more I think, man, we've we just been, like we grew up watching the Russian propaganda, or I did, thinking, oh, we're nothing like them. And now you're realising, poor crap, we're exactly like them, you know. Yeah, it's, re- it's really, really, it's really interesting. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR, community radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. This is called uh, $100. This happened one night and it really profoundly affected me. Um, uh, So $100. Tomorrow I'm meeting a woman who posts naked photos of herself on Instagram and then tells me in text that she's playing. I googled the modern definition of the word plain, but my face came in well before hers. And somewhere above the bats are flying overhead, like some form of prehistoric hunger melted into their home, which is this night, which is just another night, where this person gets onto my tram. I call it a person because I can't tell if it's a woman or a man. And she looks like she's been living in her clothes for a week. They are too big and they are dirty. And her hair is a nest blown free from a broken tree in a storm that overlooked me. And with a slurpee in her hand, she sits in my tram. At Box Hill, he just stands on the stop. So I ask her, do you know where you are, my love? And she asks, are you heading back? Yeah, but only to the depot. And she nods and looks up to the night where the bat's wings are hoarse whispering, and then she asks me with all her teeth rotting, 
Is there anywhere there where I can stay? No. But I can drop you at Mac as it's 24-7. You can stay there for a night. I don't think they'll mind. And so together, we're now heading back to Q. And I just don't know what to do. If I bring her home, my family will go crazy. But if I leave her here, and I think she's only about 20, what sort of crazy Christian soul action is that? So I ask, do you have any money? Yes, she says. And she says it politely into the last of her drink. Are you sure, I ask, because you don't look like you have. And I can stop at a bank and get you some cash. And I've been privately wondering all the way to here, how much should I give her to placate my soul? $40? But then, because I've been having a good week, that sounds like chicken shit. So my soul suggests, let's give her 100 And my brain replies, no, 40 is plenty. And then as they fight for a consensus, my heart turns around and tells her, look, let me give you some money. But she looks up to me and says, no, that's fine. Then she stands and asks, is this stop mine? And our golden arches church is a candle in her eyes. Thank you, driver, she says after I say yes. Then she steps off into the bat's night and leaves me heading back home in an empty tram to a date who sounds like she is empty too and the knowledge that inside my secrets I now know that I am never going to become my soul's man. That was just such an incredible night. You know, this woman, you just... And she got off and you thought, this is a babe in the woods. And we're the woods. <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember hearing something really interesting uh, years ago. Uh, I know there's a lot of people put Mother Teresa down, but she came here and said, wow, you guys are like a spiritual desert. And I do think, I think we're big into consuming, big into buying things. I do feel that fundamentally something is wrong. But then at other times too, like I saw a person fall down the other day and he was really hurt. And by the time I got to him, all these people around him looking after him. So it's in us to care. It's in us. But they could see there, they could see what to do. This is an old man, he's fallen down. Okay, let's help him. He was on the tram checks. Okay, someone blocked the trams. I can see what to do, so I'll help. And, and that's how it is. When you see someone homeless on the street, it's not that you don't care. It's like, well, what do I do? You know, I've got an appointment to get to. I've got no money behind on my rent. What do I do? You know, it's like climbing Everest and going, well, the summit's there and you're dying and I'm dying. What do I do? So I don't know. And when did you begin writing poetry, do you think? Ah, oh, uh, look, I've been writing since I, I can remember. Oh, it's just something I, I, I am. Mm-hmm. And you feel it. Well, you poet, you know it. You get it inside you, you go, oh, here comes one. It's really strange. They <laughs> they come out of this, they're there. It's not like you go, oh, I'm going to put this and this and where's that. They're there, they're coming up, you know. It's like you're part of some river and you can just, they just go, okay, we're going up through him now, you know. So, yeah, it's a bizarre thing. Do you uh, Do you spend a lot of time on one poem? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sometimes um, decades. This one's taken me 35 years to finish. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? That's my legacy. It started as a, as a poem called Taxi Lover, but it always stayed there. I could never make it work, but I, I always felt it was something there. And then I had, I had a great friend who died on his last night... 
um, when I talked to him, I could see, I could see I could hear the poem, and I thought, okay, that's it. So now it's called "Run Away." It's like me asking him to to get out to run away from death and run away from death in a taxi. This is to my uh, great friend called Chris uh, Pilkington, and uh, it's called "Run Away." Get up now and run away with me in a taxi filled with air fresh and hope and no time for goodbyes and we will flip the bird at the shadow in the rear view before I'll hide our hearts under the backseat's vault. Down here, where our pockets always spilled and your fading dreams will percolate until our driver come night shift's end will thrust down his hand for me. Come on, get out of that bed and leave behind your short affairs, inescapability, and submerged you'll laugh as I pen rhyme love palms across their starving spines. Safe will swoon to the old lady's perfume, smirk to the popular draining their batteries dry, then kiss to the whispering of lovers wrestling, hands from breasts and cunts and cocks as you fly, like I always told you you could fly, into the endless skyscape within my eyes. Aroused by your flight, will stroke to their tempo, floor play to their drugged and their drunken beats. Then I'll eat you complete of your lonely tunes, fingers drumming on the vinyl until you come. Like that demon that's coming, or me howling the heart's hungriest voice, our wildest dog's midnight voice, at this marooned moon ignoring all of us pass. Oh yes, come on, my love. Hide down here with me, among the pens, hair clips and scrawled numbers discarded on the back of those spent flip-top matches. And together for a night we will outrun this sleep until the world has been driven to where it should be. Come on, my love. Can't you see that our meter is still running? Now grab my hand and I will steal you away. For how else will I be able to pay this fare? It forever forces me to leave you here. You say um, you just heard the poem in the moment. Yeah, the bits that weren't working, they just sort of clicked into place and then the rhythm turns up and you go, okay, let's go. It's like archaeology. You feel that the piece is there and then you've got to dig down somewhere into you and you find the missing pieces. And that one was just eluded me for years and then suddenly then I found it and it's all there and now I'm not going to touch it now now I can move on if it, if it started 30 years ago what was it written on 30 years ago and I used to write on these notepads I used to get notepads and fill notepads and uh it would be in a staff room as a hotel employee or something and I used to fill these notepads and drag them around with me and then they moved on to CDs and they moved everywhere else and I've lost some over the time of course but uh but others, yeah, others, uh, others are around. And for what? You know, you think for what? Probably no one's ever got to read the damn thing, and yet for some reason it's so important, you know? Well, that, that's an important question, isn't it? I mean, does, does it matter that people read your poetry or, or, or not? No, it's, it's, it, it, it used to, when I was younger, I was really wanting that to happen. But now I've... I, I sort of gave up on that now, and and when I gave up thinking that would happen, I still found I still wanted to write. So now I write for the writing, and that's why the internet is great. Now you just put it up, whatever happens happens. Someone nicks it, someone does it, someone puts music to it, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's it doesn't matter. It's just a poem. 
I've got a, I've got my great mate is a guy called Zellen who's an artist, and he told me, which I totally believe, the universe takes what it wants. So all you can do is, well, this idea came from somewhere I don't know where it came from. It started with me. I've honed it as best I can, and now I put it out there. And if the universe decides, okay, this poem's going to be immortal, this play's going to go on, it's out of my hands. And all I can really do is take the seeds that I'm given, do my best for them before I pass them on. And that's, that's how I see it now. And so that's, that's where I am. A- anything that comes is a given. You know, if I end up in a... St- I, I reached a point where I realized if I keep heading in this direction, there's a 60% chance I'll probably end up living on the streets. And I thought, okay, well, I'll accept that destiny. I don't care because I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. So if that's the price, that's the price. And so that's that's the way I go. Like I have no money. I've got nothing. Don't have a house. I literally survive week to week, but I don't give a shit. You know, I'm quite happy and I feel quite blessed. Now, you're a playwright too. Yeah. And you have a play on at the moment. Yeah, The Magnolia Tree, which is uh, is a play where – Three siblings have come together to uh, put their mother in a nursing home. She's got profound Alzheimer's. She can't remember who they are. And uh, there's three members of the family, two two sisters and a brother. The two sisters are both extremely poverty-stricken. And then the brother suggests, the brother's a real estate agent, the brother suggests that they let mum go tonight. And at first the girls are adamant that they won't, they're, they're just astounded that he says it. But he wears away at them, he separates them, he wears, wears away at them, suggesting that this is actually the correct moral course of action. Rather than selling the house and giving all the money to a nursing home and letting mum die alone in a nursing home, that dying here tonight and making a pact together that they tell the secret will bring them together. And so it's, it goes to some really dark places. And then at the end of Act 2, the audience get to vote what happens because one of the girls goes to do it does she do it or not the audience vote and uh to our surprise we've had three shows on of this season so far the uh, the first two shows the audience voted for death they let it go and uh last night they voted for life uh when it was on at la mama uh, about 18 months ago i suppose uh death was winning most times it's it's really Interesting, but it's not preaching. It doesn't preach. It just it just stirs the hornet's nest and lets people decide for themselves. That's why the audiences hang around for ages, debating and discussing it, you know. But and then they ask me, you know, which way would you vote? I go, no, 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 no. It's in the play. So yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of poetry in the play. Yeah, it's 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 a doozy. Mm. But it's, so there's a lot of humour in it too because the way they interact. But it's not a joke play. It's you. The humour comes in the fact that everybody relates to something. Everyone goes, oh, my God, that's my sister. Oh, my God, I've had that argument. You know, this, that's, that's, that's what goes on. And then that's what I think gets people close to home for people. Yeah. The main thing of the play, I suppose most people say, is that the woman should have done something in writing uh, before she reached this stage, and she didn't. But, uh, but overall, it's like Midsummer Murders, pick your ending, really. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for coming in today, Michael. No worries. Thank you very much for letting me. 
Michael's play The Magnolia Tree is showing at uh, Knox Community Arts Centre from the 11th to the 13th of October and also the Doncaster Playhouse uh, Thursday 18th of October till the 20th of October. For more information go to wolvestheatre.com where you can check the dates and book tickets. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Tune in next week, Thursday morning, 9am on the 8.55am dial or stream from 3cr.org.au. And while you're there, please consider making a donation or subscription to help keep 3CR on the air. For more information about poetry events, go to www.melbournespokenword.com. I am Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening. Thank you.